Hey friends, welcome to episode 135 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift, and I want to warmly welcome you to the show today. I am glad that you are here. Today we are talking about significance. Have you ever felt that maybe what you're doing every day seems mundane and insignificant, that your life doesn't really have purpose? Have you ever felt that way or run into seasons where you feel like maybe you're not being used by God or you don't know what your calling is? Well, today my guest is Rachel Adams and we had such a wonderful conversation. She just had a book released a little bit ago called A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life. And it's a wonderful devotional. And she has a heart and passion for women to know that their life is significant and they do have purpose because we can get into a rut sometimes. But when we open our eyes, we can see, as Rachel says, when we put our little lives in God's hands, he takes it a long way. You're going to love it. So friends, listen in while I have a chat with Rachel Adams going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So let's take a listen as we talk about significance and we talk about what God can do in our lives and we talk about how God can take our little lives and make them go a long way. So friends, stay with us. And you will be blessed. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access more app. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Welcome back. My guest today, I'm excited to introduce to you. She is an awesome friend of mine, and you are going to love her. Rachel Adams is an author, speaker, wife, mom, and she's passionate about reminding women that our lives matter. She's the author of A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life, and host of the popular podcast, The Love Offering. And I can't wait to get into this conversation. Welcome to the show, Rachel. It's great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I love the message in your devotional. A little goes a long way. And so I would just love if you would share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. So I am born and raised in the small Kentucky Lake town. I've lived here my entire life and I did go away for college and I met my husband, Brian. We met the very first day of school and then he proposed to me the day of my graduation. <laughs> and so to, we've been married for 16 years together for 20. Um, now we have two children, Will and Kate, who uh, we joke that we named before the royal couple got married, but um, <laughs> they're both in middle school. And so my days are honestly spent 
just caring for my family more than anything. That, that is my first passion. I feel like that so strongly that is my ministry and, and what I do and, and behind our home and our, you know, behind those doors, then that private life is um, really, really important and special to me. And so just, you know, and that includes making meals and making beds and sweeping floors and walking dogs and, you know, all those kind of day-to-day activities. And then um, I do also, like you mentioned, have a podcast, the Love offering podcast and have written a devotional and serve in women's ministry in my church. And so that's kind of maybe the the more public part of my life that I'm also just really passionate about. I love the Lord, love to spend time with the Lord, and I want nothing more than for other people to come to love and know him and want to spend time with him too. Beautiful. Well, that's cool because my husband's name is Brian too. (laughs) And I have to say you are the cool Adams family. (laughs) So that's neat. <laughs> right. And I'm married to Brian Adams, you know, so that's, that that's pretty cool too. Funny. Wow. All of these things. And then when you said, how sweet is it that your husband proposed to you on your graduation day? Then it reminded me of what Legally Blonde or something. Isn't that what happened in that, in that <laughs> <Right>. movie? <laughs> yeah, so, I know. Yeah. So anyway, lots of things just in what those few things that you said, but I love some of the amazing things that you said was that your your first passion and love and calling is what you're doing at home for the the people that God has entrusted to you, the little people. And, you know, for marriage, it's so important because there's so many marriages under attack. And so just those things are so important to just put God first in all that we do. And so you were talking about the things that you love and the things that you do on a daily basis, of course, besides writing and speaking and those other things, but you know, making beds, sweeping the floor, making meals. And I think that at one time you didn't feel that same way, right? Is that what prompted this uh, devotional that you put out? Tell us about that. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You know, those tasks are daily, they're routine, they're mundane. They can oftentimes, even still today, feel kind of meaningless. It's like, why am I doing what I'm doing? And Lord, does any of this matter? You know, I want my life to matter. I want it to, you know, make a big difference. But yet, typically the majority of my days are just like I mentioned, you know, even just in the quiet of my home, having coffee and spending time with the Lord and in his word and in my Bible. And so much of my life is, is unseen. Um, and so it was this kind of tension and this wrestling that's like, Lord, I feel so insignificant. I mean, it really, if I'm being honest, even, even the public life kind of stuff, you know, it's like, I just, I don't know. I want to be significant, but I don't feel like I am. And and I want to have value, but I feel very invaluable. And so that's what I went to the Lord with. And so I went to his word because that's the only place I know to go for wisdom and to feel better. And so as I continue just to research and read the scriptures, I feel like he showed me and just whispered to my heart, you know, that still small voice that, you know, Rachel, a, a, a significant life is actually much simpler and smaller than you think. Mm. That is so beautiful and so encouraging to someone that's listening right now. And I love how when you were saying God was speaking to your heart and and he said, Rachel, I love that God calls us by name, you know, and it's so very personal. And I think to the message that you've brought forward when we talk about significance, it's such 
an opposite meaning from what the world would say is significant. And I think sometimes we can fall into that trap. Have you found that as well? Yes, absolutely. Our culture is telling us that bigger is better and that, you know, faster and shinier and louder and all of these things, you know, we're just, you know, anything that is public, it is kind of normally or up on a stage or anything like that. It's seen as better. And so in comparison, we're looking at all these, especially social media and technology and all of those things, you know, we're comparing our little lives behind the scenes with these, these big high, highlight reels. And so it can be very discouraging um, in, in many ways. And so um, I think we just have to really guard ourselves against that, that the, of course, the enemy would want to distract us and defeat us and make us feel discouraged about what we're doing and where we are and um, would want to make us feel insignificant. But you know what, because then we don't do anything at all. We just get so discouraged that we just quit and we don't do anything. Mm -hmm. But I feel like what I found in God's word is he, God tells us the exact opposite. He tells us that we are created in his image that when he created Adam and Eve, that they were created and he's, he looked upon his creation. He said they were very good before they had done anything. And we know that like our identity and our value is secure in Christ, not because of anything that we do, but because, because of him inside of us, we, as believers, we have the Holy spirit residing in us and we're fearfully and wonderfully made and all those things. And so we have to understand first that we have that inherent significance apart from anything that we do. Mm. That is great the way you laid that out and the thing about significance, because there's also a couple of different camps, even among believers, I think that oftentimes believers might think of themselves as nothing or, you know, like that we can't put ourselves on a pedestal, you know, because we're just nothing. And it's true, like apart from the Lord, we can't do anything like apart from him. We, we can do nothing, but he loves us because we're his kids and he, he loves us with an unconditional love and that in and of itself makes us significant. So I think sometimes the waters can get muddied about that. Like, well, you're, you're making yourself be significant, you know, and, and all of that and kind of like a prideful thing, but it's not that at all, but it could be, you know, it could be construed as that or actually misconstrued as that. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely something that we all have just as children of God. And like you said, fearfully and wonderfully made, and we forget we have the power of the Holy spirit, the gift of the Holy spirit that God has given us that indwells us, right? Have you, have yeah, you experienced um, you, that? Oh, go ahead. No, I just, yeah, well, I just was agreeing with you. I got so excited, obviously about that because the reality is, is God created us all from dust. He created us from something simple and small, but he is who breathes life into us and everything that we do. And it reminds me of what you were saying. And um, there's, and this is one of the main theme verses of my devotional is Zechariah. Uh, 410. And it talks about how, um, do not despise small beginnings because the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And this verse is Zechariah. He's a minor prophet and the Jews are, are wanting to rebuild the temple and they're comparing, which I just mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. they're comparing to the splendor and the size of the temple that King Solomon and King David had planned and built. And of course, I mean, goodness, they were very wealthy, had tons of resources, obviously as Kings. And so they're looking at what they're doing and what they're building. And it's like, 
doesn't even match. And so I think that's what we do so much. But Zechariah, that this prophet, he reminded the Jews, he said, look, it's not about what you're building. It's about what's inside the temple that matters. It's God on the inside. And so we are God's temple in many ways. And again, we have the Holy Spirit residing in us. So it's him inside of us. It's just us saying, Lord, I'm willing. I know you've created me. I'm here for a purpose. I'm still breathing. I'm still living. Like I give you my yes today. What, what do you have me to do? And it's just offering that to him and letting him make much of it, of making much of our little, it's partnering with him that takes our little a long way. Mm. Yeah. I like how you use the word offering in that. You know, it reminds me of the love offering because <laughs> mm. it is. Um, so tell us more about A Little Goes a Long Way. Like what, how did that come forth? Was it something different originally? Did it change and grow over time? Or tell us more about how that happened. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, you know, you <laughs> and I, before we hit record, we were talking about just the publishing industry and writing proposals and this you know, so, so many times throughout that whole writing journey, I, I thought, God, I've heard you wrong. I, I must not, you know, I'm not good enough at this. You know, I battle insecurity and adequacy so much. Um, and, but I, I, for whatever reason, and, and somehow God continued to give just enough for the day, you know, that daily bread to continue on and persevere and give me the strength and courage to, to keep going. And, you know, you mentioned the love offering podcast and that started, it's funny and so ironic because I doubt what I have to offer myself. Um, but I, it was actually sitting in another still, still small voice from the Lord. I was sitting in a church pew and saw a love offering envelope in front of me and, um, felt like he was saying, Lord, Rachel, I've given you my love. And how are you going to go and offer that to the world around you, you know, tangibly. And so I started interviewing people of how they were doing it. But the irony is, is that again, I doubt what I myself have to offer. And so the very first proposal was called the love offering um, that I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to write this book, you know, um, but everybody obviously thought it was about finances because <laughs> it's like, well, everybody associates that with um, the uh, giving a love offering. Yeah. Um, and so then it, it kind of morphed into simply significant because I'm, you know, battling for my significance and trying to earn my way and earn my love. And, you know, because I'm so performance mind set, you know, I have that, that, that bent, I guess. Um, and then it slowly, but surely it ended up being like a little goes a long way, you know, our little lives in God's hands. It's him who takes it a long way. And I feel like it's what it was supposed to be. It just took a really long time to get there. <laughs> that is awesome. And it's funny how you said when it was first going to be the love offering, people were thinking it had to do with finances. Isn't that funny mm -hmm. how our mind will go there when our whole life should be like an offering to God mm -hmm. and everything we do, you know, is unto him. So that is really cool. And I think that a little goes a long way. It's, it's neat because it speaks to everyone, you know, and, and although, you know, we're told, well, we can't write a book for everyone. You know, we just have to have a, a niche or whatever of the people that this book is for, but this title just is something everybody can relate to, which I think is so cool and relatable. And 50 day, 52 days to a significant life, which is really uh, great. And I, it, it's kind of similar story to mine where uh, a book proposal that I was writing was for Fierce Calling, <laughs> wound up to be the podcast and not the book that's coming out. But anyway, uh, so it's kind of neat how we have those stories that are similar. And I love how on your website, 
you talk about how your circumstances didn't change, but your heart did. How did that kind of come about in you? Yeah, I think that this is always the case. Um, you know, so often we're, 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 we all have burdens, we all have struggles and everybody is carrying something. And, you know, I think so often in, in our culture, especially this Western, you know, mindset, we think when we pray, God immediately is going to act and things are immediately going to change. And sometimes they do, mm-hmm. of course, he's a big miraculous God and he can work in big miraculous ways. But I think for me, more often than not, when I when I pray and go to the Lord with issues that I'm, you know, struggling with, it's it's not sometimes again the situation changes, but more often than not, it's just my heart, my heart posture. You know, am I gazing at the circumstances around me or am I keeping my gaze on Christ and what he can do and just his sufficiency? Um, and I and I think so often just a perspective shift that God, I trust that you're going to use this for your good and for your glory and that you're maybe molding my, my character in a way that needs to, you're sanctifying me and sharpening me, you know, and that sharpening and refining and a fire doesn't always feel good. We don't no. want to be there and stay there long. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I think in retrospect, often we can see, okay, God, I, I see now why that took a long time. I see what you did there. Um, but in the moment, it doesn't always feel that way. Yeah, sure doesn't. You know, going through the fire does not feel good. And then, you know, it's kind of like how we talk about how a diamond becomes beautiful after it's crushed, basically, you know, into this beautiful mm-hmm. gem. And that's kind of so appropriate to kind of compare that to our life, how, you know, like you said, we were just created from dust, but God loved us and breathed life into us. And I love how you uh, talked about your heart posture. It's so important, isn't it? To remember what the truth is. It's like going back to the truth every single time, like all these hard things, everything that happens in our life, God is still good. If we grasp hold to that, God is still good. God loves me. God is faithful. And his truth is what we can stand on, regardless of what's going on around us, kind of what you just said. (laughs) So that is very encouraging. Love that. So I also saw something else um, when I was reading some of your story about living in an RV. What was was that about? I can relate. Okay, I think, well, a lot of my listeners know that I was displaced Hurricane Ian, you know, came through and flooded our house. And so we are still, we're kind of almost in the house, but we're basically living. Um, our friend gave us their camper, their, um, it's kind of, it's not an RV because I think that's the one you drive, right? So <laughs> I don't know what the difference is, but anyway, it's really nice and it's in our driveway. So I thought that really clicked with me. So tell us about that. Well, you, you could probably tell as many stories as I could about this. So yeah, we, we were, we bought a farm um, and we were starting to build our house and we kind of looked for places to rent or, you know, apartment to live in or something. And in the meantime, and so then one day my husband comes up the gravel driveway with with an RV and I thought, okay, well, that's the plan. Then I had never been in an RV, let alone live in one. And so we, we did while we built our house. And as I mentioned, that we, it's me, my husband, my two children and, and two dogs. And at the time we had rescued a cat and my husband said, you need to find a new home for a cat. Yeah. 
that's the limit here. Like we cannot all live in this space. Um, (laughs) and so, yeah, it was honestly, it was, it was such a gift. I don't know if you have felt this way, but we loved it. It felt like an adventure. It felt, it made life simple. It was so much less to clean and care for. We had, you know, storage units filled with stuff that we did not miss ever. Um, I don't know. I mean, I had one, cause I'm the only coffee drinker in our house. I had one (laughs) coffee cup that I just continued to wash out like that one. And, um, I don't know, it just, I, it brought us closer together, you know, obviously physically, but just emotionally and spiritually. And cause there was nowhere to go. We're just, you're together. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, and now, you know, granted we're, we're thankful for our new home. We've had, we weren't able to invite people into the RV very often, you know, yeah. um, other than for lawn chairs out, out, out by the campfire, maybe on some, um, nights, fall nights and spring nights. Um, so it's been nice to be able to host people again and, and really settle into a new home, but I'm, I'm definitely grateful for that experience yeah. that God gave us <laughs> that I didn't know that I needed. Isn't that something how it kind of like forces you to become a, like a minimalist if you hadn't done it before and just realizing what you truly need and what you truly don't need and so I agree with you there it is it is cool it's eye-opening I think everybody should try it I mean if you go camping for like a week you are going camping but when you're actually living in something like that at first at first it was it was really fun and then for a while it just felt really hard and then it just was like you just kind of ease into it I think with the realization yeah. of, you know what, it is what it is, and this is not bad, it's just different, so. It makes you appreciate, you know, even we have really had to time our showers and take quick showers, <laughs> and then, you know, here in Kentucky, we have we have really hard winter, well, I guess it depends where you live, you might think uh-huh. that was a little bit of a dramatic statement, but, <laughs> you know, it, it does get cold, and our, our, our hoses, our water hoses would freeze, we would run out of propane, um, <laughs> you know, and I would joke with people, I'd, I'd say, look, my closet is really small, and so if you see me wearing the same clothes every day, it's because I am, yes. <laughs> you know? I am, I'm, you know, so it, it did, it made things simpler and made us appreciate things that, that maybe we didn't before and took for granted. Yeah, I, I hear you. Of course, we lost a lot of things in the flood, so my wardrobe was significantly cut back because of whatever, however high the water was, the whatever was in the drawers, you know, was pretty much ruined and the things in the bottom wrong of the closet. But, but you're right, it's like you stop kind of, I guess, thinking – too much about things that really don't matter as much like Mm -hmm. did I just wear this yesterday or (laughs) things like that and nobody's going to remember anyway if we can't even remember (laughs) so well and I I actually and and I tell a story in my devotional about when my husband and I at some point when we were dating he he looked at me and he said would you live with me in a cardboard box Mm. and I, I didn't quite understand what he was trying to ask me really, but I, what he was trying to communicate is, or am I enough, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what we have, you know, and where we go is, you know, the people is it's the people that matter. And so now we joke, like we, you know, it, we have, we've moved a lot to a lot of different places and a lot of different homes and into the RV. And, and, you know, I always want to be sensitive about that because 
you know, here in America, we are just so fortunate to have any, you know, millions of people would be thrilled to have been able to live in the RV that we were able to live in. So, um, anyway, I just, it's just, it, it was, it was a wonderful year and, and I'm really thankful for it. Yeah. Amen. I think all of these experiences really continually shape and grow us in different ways that we had never expected or that would not have otherwise happened. So that's, that's really cool. So are you on the farm now in the house that you built on the farm? Mm-hmm. We are, we are, and we, we, we love it. it. You know, it's, it's, and it's even neat to, to build something from the ground, to dream about something and to see it come in, into fruition, you know, whatever we're building. But, mm-hmm. um, and even that was kind of nice, you know, like a little bit each day and even, you know, packing boxes and, um, yeah, we, we, we really love our, our new home. Nice. And like you said, now you can entertain in different ways and have people into your home, which is really Really cool because that's really how we let people into our lives and connect with people because mm-hmm. it's really it's really hard in seasons where um, you know we we're not able to do those things and then we can get back to it. So I think that's really sweet. So you're you're in the house now, which is awesome, and you wrote a little goes a long way. And do you have a favorite devotional from that book or? Oh, that is, that's hard to it's choose. Like, I know, like choosing, choosing your baby. child, isn't Right. <laughs> um, I think on certain days it, it changes mm. according to, you know, maybe my mood or, or what I need. Um, I think the hardest one for me is a little sacrifice, you know, and so, I'm such a a selfish human being. And so to, to give up of my time or my resources or any of those things, but, you know, we know that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice and he encourages us to do that. But as far as my favorite one, I would say right now, just because we were talking about, um, our, you know, our homes and uh, hospitality and inviting people in, um, that is something that I really do want to, to work on. And it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, just a big to do and we, the house doesn't have to be spotless, but just to invite people in. So, you know, like a little invitation, a little hospitality, a little meal, you know, and those are actually three devotions, but they can go a long way, you know, whether it's just a cup of coffee or, um, I don't know, like a pot of soup, like chili now that it's, you know, the, the winter, I think just having people at your table and the conversations that you can have, you just never know what God will do with that. Amen. Yeah. It's great how you brought out keeping it simple. I struggle with that too. I think it just growing up is is how, you know, I was taught and everything. It's like you want to make sure your home is in order when people come in. And really, I don't know, I kind of equated an orderly clean home. I mean, obviously clean is important, but, you know, keeping it orderly and like showroom perfect or whatever before you can have somebody in because that's what kind of I equated to making it welcoming to them. I felt like, well, if it's messy, it then they would might think that, well, you didn't care enough to even pick things up or wash the dishes before I came over. But that's not true at all because they're not here in the house for the house. They're here for the connection, like the personal connection. I think when we have a change of perspective about that, it's pretty freeing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, and then it frees your guests too, so that they don't then feel the pressure when they have you over <laughs> to just, you know, 
scrub every corner and get all the dust bunnies out. Yes. Um, I, th- I think that, I think people are relaxed and they remember more how you made them feel yeah. uh, when they welcome, when you welcomed them in um, more than like what you did or what you served or anything like that. So true. Yeah. I find myself actually, if I, if I go to someone's house and I happen to see a dust bunny or something, I'm like, I love this house it has a dust bunny. <laughs> This is awesome. Home. <laughs> this is so awesome. I can I can really relate to that. But yeah, I'm not big with dusting. But anyway, we don't have to go there. Of course, with, with all the construction in the house, everything's white, so it's like it snows um, every day. But um, and I live in Florida, so that's kind of interesting. But anyway, that's cool. But I want to thank you too so much for being very vulnerable and truthful and real about the fact that even though, you know, you have this podcast, The Love Offering, and God has spoken to you about how you are valuable and how you have worth and how your life matters and all of those things and the whole thing about significance, that even though you know what is true, it's still at times a struggle. So thank you for saying that because it isn't really the the point that, Oh, we've arrived. Like once we learn, oh yeah, this is really what God says about this. It doesn't mean we're not going to struggle with it anymore, right? It just means now we know where to go to find the truth and the answers, right? Yeah. You know, you, earlier you, you mentioned, because, you know, I wrote this from a stay-at-home mom perspective for the most part, because that's my reality. That's what I know. And what I didn't realize is I've been hearing from a lot of just retired women um, that, you know, they're not working anymore. They're not raising a family anymore. They're not physically able to do what they once were. And so they're looking at their lives and you're like, what am I doing now? What's my value now? And so I think that's what I've realized is even in certain seasons. And um, even last year I had a, a medical um, surgery and I was, again, I mentioned I'm so performance oriented and I love my to-do list. I love to get things off my to-do list. That's how I, you know, if I've, if I've accomplished a lot, you know, on my to-do list in a day, I feel like I'm very significant. Uh-huh. And then on days that I wasn't productive, I doubt my significance. Like, okay, I wasn't as valuable today. Um, cause I didn't produce. Um, and so I, I really, again, have to, to st- wrestle with this and during this hysterectomy that I had, and I had a six week recovery and I wasn't able to do anything. I even drive or to or prepare meals. I mean, I couldn't lift over, you know, 10 pounds, like a milk jug or something. And so I, it was again, another reminder, and I'd already written this book, you know, it was being edited <laughs> and, um, but it was something I had to live out again. Okay. In this season, I'm still just as significant as in the season before. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about like when we hold our children for the very first time, they've not done anything, but we still love them. And then I think about, you know, I, my um, husband's grandmother, she lives in a nursing home. You know, she's not able to do what she used to be able to do all the time. She's just, you know, visiting with people and having conversations and praying, mm-hmm. but our life is just as significant. Yeah. And so no matter what season of life we're in, God's got something for us. You know, we're his workmanship in every season. That's beautiful. That is so encouraging. And how you were talking about how you would fall into that where, which I think we often all do, tying our significance into what we accomplish. And then we are insignificant if we don't accomplish. Or how many times have we thought when we go through our day, it's like, I didn't get anything done today. That is not Mm -hmm. true. That is impossible. It is impossible not to do anything 
for a whole entire day. And so we think about it, like even, uh, you know, at work or at home, if there's things that we normally do that we didn't get done that day, what did we get done that day? Like maybe we had a conversation with someone on the phone, someone that really needed to talk, or maybe we had coffee with someone, or maybe, you know, we just, like you said, swept the floor and got a few of the beds made or something. You know, those things are, are not significant in the way that we would tie our significance to, but they are things that we have accomplished. And even if we didn't accomplish them, it wouldn't change who we are. So I guess our identity is really the root of a lot of it, isn't it, Rachel? It really is. And, um, I, I think Ephesians 2 10 says we're God's workmanship. And so we have to know that, that inherent value, but we are created to do good works. But I think that those works, we like circling back to the very beginning of the show, we look at only the big moments like those matter. But I think that one day we'll get to eternity and God will say, look, it was these, so many of these collective little moments that you just overlooked, like you discounted them. And I use them in a really mighty way. And something as simple as like a, a look, you know, looking at somebody in the eyes as you're passing them on the street or a smile or a hello, or an encouraging word or a prayer, Mm -hmm. we can so discount those and think, Oh God, you know, that was, that was nothing. But I believe that God's going to use big and small. He'll, he'll use it all. Amen. Yeah. Because you're, you're acknowledging and saying, I see you. And sometimes people just need to know that they're seen. And so that's, that's really cool that you said that. And, um, yeah, I, I love, the message in the book and it just seems like it would be a cool thing for a group of ladies to go through together. I'm sure a lot of women have already done that as a group because it can be done on your own, but also it can be done in a group. You know how we read the Bible together, like in a year kind of thing, you know, we can do this beautiful devotional book that way too. So I think that is really really cool for people to pick that up. So tell us how can people connect with you and find you and pick up your book and find out more about the podcast. So, um, as we've talked about, I believe every encounter and interaction, it it can go a long way. And so I'd love to continue this conversation with anybody listening. So you can find me at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or Facebook, and then you can find me online at rachelkadams.com. And I do actually have a free guided journal if you want to do it by yourself, or if you, I also have a conversation guide that you can download for free. Um, that if you wanted to do this with a group, it can, you can kind of read seven of, you know, through every day and then meet, um, once a week and then go through the devotion together and encourage one another. Um, and then you can listen to the podcast anywhere, um, on any listening platform. Great. I love that you have the guided thing for the group. That's really cool. I love that idea. So, well, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been such a blessing and I felt so much joy talking to you. And I know that the listener has really been encouraged and blessed by the conversation today. And so I hope that they'll reach out to you and grab your book and also grab your book for friends and do it together and um, listen to the podcast. 
you're a joy. And I mean, honestly, I feel like I've smiled the entire time <laughs> I'm talking to you. What a joy and a blessing you are. So thanks so much for having me. Oh, thank you, friend. You're amazing. And God is good. And I thank him for putting us together. And so I know that he has so many more exciting things and exciting mundane things in store for you. And we look forward to hearing more of what's going on. And I hope to have you back on the show again sometime. Yeah. And I'm excited to have you on mine. That'll be, it'll be great to, to get to have you on the other side of the mic. Amen. Looking forward to that. That'll be awesome. So thank you, friend. And we will talk soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope that this conversation really blessed you. Rachel is so precious. And what a sweet and gentle spirit and loving heart that she has for others. And you can just hear it as she speaks. And she loves Jesus so much. And I hope that you'll check out her website and all the wonderful things that her website has to offer. And that you would check out the Love Offering podcast and her new book. It'll be on the show notes so you can grab a copy or two and give them out as gifts. And yeah, I I just really enjoyed this episode so much. And friend, I also want to mention again that if you are looking for a speaker for your next women's event, I am booking out into 2024. So check it out at DaraSwift.com. And you can also look at my profile on womenspeakers.com and reach out to me. I'd love to have a chat about that. And I hope you join me next time when I talk with another kingdom worker, child of God, who is taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.